Well, slight te technical glitch there, folks. Sorry, I was trying to do six things at the same time. So earlier today, again, kind of a theme today, is talking to teams that have gotten to the NCAA tournament for the first time ever. A, a refangled CSAC, thanks to a number of teams leaving for the AEC, certainly presented better opportunities for teams to get into the NCAA tournament. Well, Rosemont took full advantage of that on the women's side. But when you listen to this interview, listen to the conversation about, no, not taking advantage of an AQ they may not have had a chance at, but showing why maybe they probably still would have been in that conversation had the conference stayed the way it was. Women's basketball team dancing into March for the first time. Congratulations. Uh, I know it's a, a big step for the program and, and whatnot, but have you guys even kind of had it soak in yet? Or are you still on the high of just winning the title in the first place? First, thank you very much. And uh, I think our girls are soaking it in, but we've been waiting for this moment all season. Uh, it kind of felt like it was the championship game was never going to come. And I think now that it's finally here, it's starting to set in that we actually did win it. We actually managed to go undefeated through the conference and win the whole thing. So I think it's all soaking in and they're enjoying their moment right now. Yeah, we should point out again, the, the CSAC's a different conference this year, obviously with the changes with the AEC being formed and teams coming out. But you still went undefeated in a conference. And, and when teams know you, that can be difficult. So that's a, that's a significant step. Undefeated through the conference, into the conference tournament, getting all those wins. That, that's something that, that everyone should be proud of, I would assume. Yes, I mean, I think we were the team that everybody was coming for. Yeah. Everybody wants to be that team that upsets the undefeated team. So there was a lot of pressure on us as well to, to not get that first loss. So it, it was big for us to just continue with that momentum into playoffs and sustain it the whole time. Well, everyone's gunning for you. I will say, when you look back at the schedule and, and we go backwards in time, you guys haven't been really challenged. And I don't mean that negatively. I just mean you haven't had a close game since December 30th when you beat Rutgers Newark by 10. Uh, and the night before, you beat Hunter College by 10. And the rest of the way, you've had significant-sized victories. Have the first halves been tougher? Has it been hard to get the team to focus for the entire 40 minutes? What's it been like since basically Christmas? I think keeping their heads focused has been the biggest challenge for us, uh, making sure that we're continuously going hard and not developing bad habits uh, was a big thing. And the, the best thing that happened with us is we got to have players that are, are on the bench get more minutes so they're prepared in those bigger moments if they their number's called, that they're ready because they have that game experience now. So although we didn't have as many challenging games, it worked to our benefit because we were able to get girls in the rotation and get them prepared for big games. So now you've got this streak going, and you're into the NCAA tournament. So obviously the, there's there's motivation now. It's not like you have to get everybody refocused. But going into the CSAC tournament, did you kind of have to remind everybody, listen, this doesn't get this doesn't end the way we want it to end unless we finish it here in this tournament? Yes, I, I we had to remind them that. All of our hard work was for this moment, mm. that it doesn't matter if you go undefeated in the conference and then you drop the ball come tournament time. Mm -hmm. So we we had that goal since day one, and the girls were just antsy to get there. And as soon as we got there, they definitely had a complete new motivation uh, because that's the moment they were waiting for. So coming into conference playoffs, the girls were already fired up uh, because they've been waiting for that for so long, mm -hmm. and they just – wanted to make sure they got to that championship game so that all of their hard work could pay off. Sure. 
Uh, of course, the game's uh, at Alumni Hall, uh, Alumni Hall, I should say. So, obviously, uh, another motivation. You're at home. How important was it to be playing in front of your fans on your court? It's very important. Our our gym is a tough gym to play in. It's a very tiny gym, so mm-hmm. it almost feels that at some points that our fans are on the court with you. So it's definitely a, a tricky environment. So it's a home court advantage for us having it at, at Rosemont because the other teams most likely don't like coming in with that intimate, intimate setting. So it worked to our advantage having it at home and having all of our support there for both the semifinals and the finals. Uh, I, I appreciate your SID, uh, and I know he's putting in just a kind of a, a place setter, but he's got you at home for the uh, March 1st game uh, on Friday in the in the NCAA tournament. Let's be realistic. You're probably not going to be at home. Uh, you're, you're, Absolutely you're, not. No, I, I think you're going to be on the road. Uh, just a gut feeling on how these things work out. Uh, do you have a preference of where you want to go? And I know that's not relevant necessarily, but you know, do you do you have kind of like, oh, we're in the tournament. I'd love to go play here. I think that our girls want to just go play and show what they're capable of. I think because of our our margin of victory, people sort of doubt the strength of our team. So I think that they're just ready to play somebody and prove that we are a legitimate team and that we can compete on this stage. You have obviously, you know, earlier in the season to lean back on. Um, not anybody, I would say, you know, high on that list. And so I think maybe that's why everyone kind of looks at you and goes, okay, what, what are they really? What, what does this 20 and 4 and mm-hmm. 3 really represent? Lost to St. Vincent uh, by 12 was your last loss on the 21st. Obviously, Cabrini, a former foe, everyone kind of can put, mm-hmm. you know, two and two together there. And you played Nodak team. That gives you a little bit of experience. You played them in St. Mary's College. How do you get the team to understand now that this is a different different beast? You know, that, okay, we have these games earlier. We can rely on what we didn't do well and what we did do well. But how do you get them to understand there's a lot of an unknown ahead of you? I, we're going to be watching a lot of film. <laughs> I, I think the overall environment of the NCAA tournament is just a completely different environment. Yeah. I was lucky enough. I went to a wider university and mm-hmm. played. And uh, we went into the NCAA tournament when I was there. And that atmosphere is just completely different, and it's so hard to recreate or explain to your players. So I really want to show them these teams that we're playing because we think our defense is good, and then you look at some other people's defense and you realize, ooh, we need to get better. Mm -hmm. So I think that making sure we watch lots lots of film to show them that we can't be content with where we're at. We have got to get better this week and be, be focused to compete at that stage. Uh, yeah, you kind of took my direction. I went, you've been down this road a little bit uh, when you were a player. You were a rookie of the year in the conference, uh, the the MAC conference when you were uh, uh, back in 06-07, I should say. Not to not to put a date on it or anything. So you do have a little bit of that. But is that hard to also translate? Or do you think that your, your players can absorb that? Uh, I think that my, my players are going to be able to handle that atmosphere Uh, It's an exciting atmosphere, and my players thrive off of energy. So I think being on that grand stage, they're going to step up to that challenge, and I think it's what they need to motivate them. Um, My my team doesn't back down to anybody, and they don't get scared. So it's I think the whole atmosphere in itself is going to be motivation for them. Um, I just think that they need to realize that the type of competition we're going against now is going to be completely different than what we've seen for the past month. 
So let's talk a little bit about this team. Uh, you're led uh, by it was Ashley Murray, who's got a 16.1 points a game. You actually have four, three players in double figures, nearly four, uh, ranging down to 9.3 points a game from Shirley Brown. A lot of players, you go deep on your bench. You you seem to have confidence in, in um, your bench. Uh, by the way, double figure for Murray. She's or double double. She's 11.0 in rebounds as well. So certainly, you know, reading stats wise, I'm going to think, okay, so they've got a person who can rebound the heck out of the ball, is going to shoot and score. Also got some teammates she can rely on, but at the same time, she's willing to go deep in the bench. Fair assessment, or are we missing something when the stats aren't telling us the whole story? No, that's exactly that's a good picture of us. Uh, Ashley obviously is our our go-to player. She is a double double. She was a Division One transfer for mm-hmm. us, so she has that Division One mentality, work ethic, and it sort of caught fire with our team. So she has been that that spark plug to get us motivated and working hard. And we are lucky enough to have pieces around her. Our our point guard has started every single game since her freshman year. Yeah. Um, and clinched the 500 assist mark. And just the way those two have the ability to, to see each other, and my point guard can hit her across court, it's pretty amazing. But we go so much further than that. Mm-hmm. Um, I have uh, a junior, Kay Alohi Laney, Naomi Carter. Thank you and, for saying uh, it. <laughs> <laughs> yes, very complicated name. Um, and she has the ability to shoot. And once she starts going, she, you better watch out because she can shoot the ball very well. And then with Charlay Brown, her defense is just so tough, and she gets out and goes. So we have the, we have different styles. We can mm-hmm. push the ball and run, run, run. We like to get out with transition. And because we like to run, 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 I have to go to my bench. So we have fresh legs all the time. Mm-hmm. But the nice thing about this team is that we know when to slow it up, and when we do slow it up, we can execute. So this is the first team that I've had that's been mm-hmm. able to have a transition game but then also have at the half court be able to execute our offense. You're shooting 43%, holding your opponents to 32. You shoot 32% from beyond the arc, but more importantly, hold your opponents to 23% from that point, and you're outscoring them by 22. Again, no disrespect to what is a very different CSAC. A lot of those numbers obviously bolstered by that CSAC schedule to some degree. Mm-hmm. Again, how do you, I mean, do you, do you almost feel like you could surprise someone in the first, maybe even the second round, because maybe you are being overlooked to some degree? Well, I hope to surprise somebody and get somebody that first round. <laughs> Touche. Um, but uh, I do feel as though that we are capable of that. I do think people might not um, expect us to have as much intensity and has, have as much depth as we do um, because of how our, our conference is, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. But I do feel as though that once we get there, we will be, people will be able to see what we're capable of and we'll have our game speak for itself. Well, it's pretty impressive you guys won the title first off. Uh, obviously a big target on your back in the conference, and uh, you guys handled that you know, challenge to, be, to begin with. And then winning the AQ first time. I'm sure the, the campus is buzzing because the men's program also has clinched a bid too. Uh, you, guys have, you guys probably have a pretty uh, hopping uh, Rosemont right now. Oh, yes. Everybody at Rosemont is, is going wild. I mean, it's the first ever uh, CSAC championship for the women's side. Mm-hmm. Uh, our men's golf team won it last year. So um, this is only the third CSAC championship at Rosemont. So for both the men's and women's team to accomplish it on the same day, all the student body was, was going a little <laughs> wild last night, which rightfully so. Uh, the only challenge is making figuring out where everybody wants to go to see games. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Maybe you can be close enough. You can, you can get to both. That'd be fun. 
That would be that would be very fun. I, I don't have any control over it, but it would be fun. Uh, Coach, appreciate the time you took to join us here uh, on this show. And congratulations once again. We have a tradition. We always give the, the guests the final word. Any final thoughts you want to share with those who are tuned in? Yes, I just wanted to thank all of the people that have supported Rosemont this entire year. Uh, the family uh, crowd that we had at our championship game was amazing, and uh, we hope that they continue to support us when we go to the NCAA tournament. Oh, I have a feeling you're going to have a good crowd following you along. Congratulations again, and we'll talk to you sometime down the road. Thank you. Thank you very much. Rain Reaver joining us from Rosemont Women Dancing into the NCAA tournament for the first time ever here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline. valuable lessons playing college football. I never thought about the health benefits of exercise until I actually started to talk to coaches in college. It's not only just for performance, it's for life. My coaches instilled the importance of well-being, not only building up strength, mental health, getting enough sleep, eating properly, it's all what it is to be healthy. I decided that I want to go on a personal trainer and share my knowledge that I obtained in college about physical and mental well-being. UW-Eau Claire and Mayo Clinic Health System are creating amazing opportunities for students from across the Midwest. Our collaborative research agreement allows students to work with world-renowned physicians and scientists. And with more than 80 majors, UW-Eau Claire is the perfect fit for those who dream big and are ready to change the world. I used to never really talk, ever. Uh, I was afraid if I said something wrong, everyone would laugh at me. But then I started to play golf with Special Olympics. It helped me to find my voice. And now everyone else is speechless. Big shots. Big dunks. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum Arena in Fort Wayne. With his third triple. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and secure your seats today. College basketball lives in Kansas City at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. The College Basketball Experience is the place to get your game on. It's not a museum, it's an experience you won't forget. Discover the history of the game in the National Collegiate Basketball Hall of Fame, featuring the Gallery of Honor, Mentor's Circle, and Honor Theater. Suit up in the latest CBE-logoed Nike gear at the CBE Hoop Shop. Elevate your game today and visit the house that College Basketball built. Welcome back to the Hoopsville Selection Special as we are doing our mock selection selections around Division Three now in women's basketball. I'm your host, Dave McHugh. Welcome in. 
If you got questions for us, you can always tweet us at D3Hoopsville or hashtag Hoopsville. I want to thank near well, about 200 of you who are tuned in at least, if not more of you. Um, if you want to email us, dave.mcu at d3sports.com. We'll try and answer emails. I'll be honest. I jumped off of email there for a bit, so I will try and bring that back up and see if any of you have fired off anything to us. Um, yep, yeah, I see. Uh, <laughs> interesting. I had a head coach who asked a question earlier in the show, and I hadn't had a chance to get back to him, got back to me saying that the interview with Karen Harvey helped him. So I'm not sure how. I only saw the beginning of that. So we've made some selections. I'll bring the crew back in. It is uh, our esteemed colleagues, BJ Spiegelmeyer, James Wagner, and Gordon Mann. Uh, we haven't put the selections up just yet. I guess I can. I just need to update our table choices in a moment. Uh, but we've made a few more selections on the women's side. And we left you, I believe, our last choice was Hope. We have now added Mary Harden-Baylor, Baldwin Wallace, Emery and Henry, and Gettysburg to the list. So that is where we now stand uh, in the process. Halfway done. Halfway done. Getting there. We're there. <laughs> Getting there. Doing better. Um, obviously, it gets a little bit more interesting. The, the table graphic is a little bit incomplete. Folks, we'll get you there. But Marymount out of the Atlantic, Wheaton out of the Central, Vassar out of the East, Rolls-Holman out of the Great Lakes, Mid-Atlantic is Johns Hopkins, Northeast is St. Joseph's, Oglethorpe out of the South, and the West is Loris. Of course, the South, basically a cluster because everybody's on the table or gonna or didn't move off the regional rankings but one team. Whereas in the Great Lakes, everybody won, and we may be digging really deep in the Great Lakes for teams. Uh, any thoughts, guys, on what we did, or do you want to jump right into what our next pick should be? Yeah, I, what I would say we've done here is we mentioned there are two extremes right now on the board. Uh, St. Joseph's of Maine has a very strong overall winning percentage at 26-1, and one, but a very weak, at least for the uh, uh, in, within these teams, uh, strength of schedule at just over 501 and one against regionally ranked opponents because they played Emmanuel just once in the unbalanced schedule. So that's one end of the spectrum. And then Whitewater is the other. They're, they have nine losses, but they're six and six regionally ranked, and they have the best, uh, or one, uh, Williams usually ends up with the best, but they have one of the best strength of schedules in the country. Um, and so if you if you feel really strongly, and if there's a majority of people on the committee who feel really strongly about one of those two paths, then one of those two teams probably comes off. But for right now, we're trying to avoid that by going down the middle of the road. And that's where those five teams all don't have either one or the other, but they're strong enough in both that we think that there would be a consensus to take them. In my experience, um, a Whitewater is in trouble with that lower winning percentage. We've gone in that direction in the past and been wrong doesn't mean it doesn't change. I'm not I'm not advocating in that direction necessarily. I think Whitewater is going to have to be a serious contender at some point in our conversations, but I just have that in the back of my head for right now. Um, and I think uh, St. Joseph's will eventually come off the table. It's just a matter of when, not if, because the, the women's committee has also been one who tends to reward those who do have good winning win losses. And, and I can't imagine... Um, St. Joseph's goes all the way and never gets selected after their first loss is the final game of the season. The proverbial, I'm using too many big words. Um, the Lancaster Bible of men's basketball a few years ago, mm -hmm. where it would have happened, but the women don't, hadn't been using that metric and I'll get off my soapbox now, but anyway, 
our next pick up for the 11th slot, and you, we got everybody on the table. Anybody got anybody that jumps out? I, I realize I'm saying that a little bit of tongue in cheek because, as Gordon just pointed out, we got two on the extreme. But anybody else kind of jump out to anybody? Vassar jumps out to me. Yeah, um, I agree. Yeah, if we're not going with one of the other two extremes that Gordon had talked about. Yeah, I'm um, in the same boat with you. Go ahead, Gordon. No, I agree. I think they're still they're still in that you can still pick them. Um, they're still middle of the road and strong. The five sixty one, other than Whitewater, is the strongest on the board. Um, three regional wins is as many again, other than Whitewater that everybody has, and you're not down in that seven, eight, nine losses yet mm-hmm. for Vassar. Yeah, I think they're next. All right, I'm I fine. Don't I don't have it. any qualms. Wags, you good with that? I'm good, man. All right, Vassar it is. So Vassar will be our 11th pick of the uh, process at 21-6 and on the season. By the way, hats off to their head coach and the program they put together this season. I was really impressed with what they have done this year. Um, And we move on to – and by the way, Vassar with a win over Marymount. (laughs) Tip of the hat there, too. Yep. Uh, Who replaces them, sirs? Geneseo. Uh, SUNY Geneseo under a first-year head coach. We'll see how they present data-wise with a 23-4. and four. Of course, uh, New Paltz ending up winning the conference. Their usual problem. 852 winning percentage. That's going to make things interesting here. Jeez. Um, yeah, we're starting to get into that section where everybody's starting to look very similar. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I like, I like Hopkins over Geneseo because they have one more regional rank win and a little better SOS than the same overall record. Correct. So is there somebody I like better than Hopkins at three and four? Oglethorpe almost has an identical resume. Yeah. Two less or two more losses. Yep, so I would keep Johns Hopkins there. Loris has, is two and five. And Marymount is Marymount's similar, little little less SOS. Yeah, and one more loss overall. So I think I would probably go Johns Hopkins here. That's a good pick. That's an interesting choice. Only because I didn't think we'd get that far into the Great Lake or the Mid Atlantic. I always forget that these teams, because of the geographic concentration, they pick up so many. If you're not Whitewater or Illinois Wesleyan or Thomas Moran playing every ranked team that has an open date on their schedule, <laughs> the, yeah. the Northeast region part of the country, they're just also geographically concentrated. I, I mean, I never would have, if you would have asked me earlier in the week, you know, what's the chances that the Liberty League gets three teams in? I would say, you know, no way, but we're not even close to the end and they already have three in now they're yeah, probably not getting you, the fourth, but <laughs> same thing with the same thing with basically with the centennial here. Yeah. Or you swing, you know, you Go swing ahead. so far, you know, around this, in this region, you're going to hit X amount of regionally ranked teams. Yeah. So it's an advantage to the middle to, to the Northeast that you're able to get, you know, regionally ranked games because you can play so many with a 200, 250 mile radius. Yeah. So we're good though with pulling Hopkins. I think so. I, I put Hopkins on the board. They, you know, had a good season. All right. So Hopkins it is, in our opinions, coming in on the 12th pick. And this is off air. I kind of started to say that where I thought St. Joseph's is going to start sticking out like a sore and sore thumb, and this is about where I thought that might happen. Um, but replacing Hopkins is Elizabethtown. 
at 19 and 7 with a 564. I'm just looking at the rest of that Mid Atlantic. Yeah, I don't see anybody else who could leap them, but man, we're running out of teams in the Mid Atlantic as well. Yeah. yeah. Um, we will get uh, E Town's data onto your screen, folks, here in just a moment. Uh, any, but now, what has everybody thought? Because E Town and Rose Holman are very similar. <laughs> uh, I'm taking St. Joe's now. Yeah, yeah. I want to get yeah. I want to get St. Joe's off the board at this point. Get them in. You know, I think at this point you can put them in at this. You know, because there are some teams in in that Northeast region that 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 can come on the board here, and I think it's time to put St. Joe's in. And I don't think the read the strength of schedule now. The teams with the best, the team with the fewest losses is SUNY Geneseo, and their strength of schedule isn't that much better, 535 to 511. And then after that, everybody else has at least four or five or six more losses than St. Joe's does. So I think right. this is I think this is the place. Well, that's ironic. So I'm fine with that. I, I kind of have the same opinion. I think at some point that win-loss just becomes too much to ignore. Yeah. Like, pull the trigger now. Put them in. All right. So we'll pop St. Joseph's of Maine into the tournament. And by the way, again, we should point out one and uh, you have one and one versus region ranked, really two and one, because uh, they beat Emmanuel twice. Oh no, they only played Emmanuel once. I apologize. Right. Uh, That's right. Regular season. Right. The unbalanced schedule. So one and one against Emmanuel. By the way, heck of a program in Emmanuel uh, as well. Congratulations that they're making the tournament. So twenty-six and one they get in. And that puts us on into the 14 slot now, as uh, we are definitely moving along better than we did on the men's side. <laughs> um, and replacing St. Joseph's is Smith at 20 and 6, 530 SOS with a 4-2 versus winning percentage. Interesting data for them. Any uh, anything? Again, my concern here is I think as good as. I have Wheaton, by the way, and I apologize. I think I get a whitewater onto the screen. I uh, our pool C's misinterpreted there. Whitewater's eighteen and nine is hurting, but man, that SOS is starting to become harder to ignore too. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and, and a key assumption we're making here is that the national regional ranking committee doesn't step in here and say, "Hey, Middlebury's got nine games regionally ranked, and they're five eighty-one to five thirty. They should be in front of Smith." Middlebury's been behind Smith in the regional ranking, and we're just assuming Smith lost its first game. Middlebury lost its only game. That that the Pioneers continue to stay in front of the Panthers. But if the national committee stepped in and made a change, Smith, Middlebury might actually be the next one off the board. Wow. I would argue that they already had a lot of that data in yep. place. I think that's exactly right. Yeah. yeah, and I don't think that changes the conversation much. Babson lost behind him. Dartmouth lost behind him. Trinity, yeah. I'm fine with Middlebury still staying behind Smith at this point. Unless anybody else has a different opinion. No. No, I, I have the same opinion as Gordon, but I don't know enough or have access to enough information to know why Smith is ahead, and so I just have to trust that they kept it the same way because they both lost this week, so really not much changed. Agreed. I mean, unless they went to second secondary criteria at this point, you know, you're you're down to that. You know, there's still enough of a gap between Smith and Middlebury. I mean, I, I can't see them changing it either. As we continue to move along here, so anything that jumps out then, so Smith coming to the table as we feel here, is there is there anything that you think 
needs to be hashed out, figured out, whatever the case may be. I'm... <sighs> the highest winning percentages on the table now are Geneseo at 852 right. and Oglethorpe at 846. Geneseo's SOS is a 535, but Oglethorpe's is a 550. They're also a 3-4 and four versus regionally ranked to a 2-4 and four for Geneseo. I would give the edge to Oglethorpe. Yes. Um, yeah. That's just high winning percentages. High SOSs, obviously Whitewater's in that. Um, and they, do they accumulate a lot of those re results versus in conference? Or were a lot of those out of conference? Like the one piece of data I would really like right now that is hard to, to glean out is the non-conference SOS. I really wish they would put those on the data sheets. Um, I'll I'll tell the I'll tell the NCAA next time I'm there. Dave. Thank you. <laughs> no, I think I'll put a, a, a quick box. aside though, Wags. A quick aside yeah. in, in the idea of yes. transparency, which I think people love to complain that there's not any transparency. There's a lot of transparency compared to what we there's used to have. A lot of transparency. Yeah. 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 I wouldn't mind if as much of the criteria was put into those data sheets as possible. I mean, you, you, you know, I learned so much now. For example, I was on the volleyball committee, obviously different sport, but, you know, you're still using the same metrics. And, you know, when you get down to two teams, you get into the secondary criteria when you're looking at schedules and you're looking at different things. I mean, it, it really, if you follow the, the system, it works. And, it, and it, you know, and if you explain to people how it works, I mean, I, for the first year being on committee, I learned so much about how how all the data goes into this. I mean, you'll be surprised at the the, the minute details, the numbers we go down to um, on these calls. And you know, most of the calls last an hour. Sometimes they last two hours. And then you go to the national committee. The national committee, you may have to get clarification. So yeah, there is a lot of transparency. And if you learn, if you have a chance to talk to somebody who's been on Iraq, um, who's been on the national committee, they will tell you it's the NCAA has it down to a science. Or you get the you're not you know the the same thing is you're not going to get all the right teams in the tournament, but you're going to get 95 percent of the right teams in the tournament. There's no perfect bracket, but again, there's a lot. If you learn the system, it's pretty good. A quick note: I'm going to throw a curveball into this. Bill Finney brought up a, a emailed me, the man who does definitely follows this stuff. He points out that um, Marymount beat Hopkins. And Hopkins and Marymount's data are darn similar. Should Marymount already be in here, and we just kind of goofed it? I, I, was uh, I was definitely looking at them. Looking at them as one of our next spots. Yeah. Um, is five forty eight and five thirty one? Would that be considered close? I, I don't. I'm, I don't know. That uh, it, like would, it, it, it would be. Pre yeah, it's pretty close. It is okay. pretty close. It's close, and, uh, especially one, with a head to head. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, so I would, I think we could, they would put Marymount in now, you know, if they beat, if we put Hopkins in, you could put Marymount in now. They got an eight fifteen, which I was ignoring too. With, um, I almost feel like maybe we shouldn't have put Hopkins in when we did. If if Marymount had a head to head win on them, not that that I mean that's semantics in the grand scheme of things. But it is a tiebreaker if two teams are really close. Yep. Yeah. And they are really close. Yeah. Can we get a do-over? Yeah, I mean, we can shuffle this and just say, well, Marymount would have gone in and now, yeah, and I'm fine with that. I mean, to some degree, I think the committee's going to have done that too. 
Do we want to put Marymount in instead of Hopkins? Put Hopkins back on the board instead of E-Town and bring an Atlantic team in? I don't no. think it changes John St. Joe's necessarily. No, I think you can keep Hopkins in there. And, you know, I, I think Marymount needs to go in. I mean, Hopkins is going to go in. You know, it's pretty close. It really is close. Anybody else? I'm, I'm fine with just putting Marymount in and keeping Hopkins in. Okay. Gordon? Works for me. All right, so we'll put Marymount in. And on that note, I think we'll take another break. When we come back, we will talk to the Bethany Lutheran program. They are also dancing now in the NCAA tournament for the very first time. You're watching the Mock Selection Show here on Hoopsville. Back with more after this. Big shots. Big dunks. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Men's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum Arena in Fort Wayne. With his third triple. Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and secure your seats today. Football has taught me a lot throughout my life. It's definitely had a huge imprint on who I am as a person competing at a Division III level created that opportunity for me to go to college. Not only was I the first one in my family to graduate college, but I was really the first one to even go. Being the first one, I'm breaking that cycle, and, and now that I've graduated, I'm not sure what's the next step, but I know I have a lot of doors open. And a lot of those are open because I played football and ran track here at Otterbein. who are Division III student-athletes, it's more than that, a lot more. Sure, the game is important, but as we work so hard to build both mind and body, it's more about team. That is why NCAA Division III teamed up with Special Olympics, and in giving the gift of sport to those for whom it seemed an impossible dream, we are working to make this a better world. Help us keep that dream alive. You can make a difference. I'm a Division III student athlete, and I know how powerful words can be. The term gay doesn't mean stupid, lame, or less than. So I pledge to speak up if I hear the term gay used in a derogatory way or any other homophobic terms. If you can play, you can play in Division III. I'm a Division III student athlete, and my teammates unconditionally accepted me as part of their family. So now I pledge to do the same for others. If you can play, you can play in Division III. We are the coaches of women's basketball. We are leaders and teachers, dreamers and winners. We are professionals who conduct ourselves ethically and with integrity. We place the education, safety and well-being of the athletes we coach above all else and teach them the fundamental values they need to succeed in life. We are coaches united for the good of our game and those who play it. We are the WBCA. Welcome back to Hoopsville, everybody. Real quick, we're going to uh, introduce you to the next segment because Bethany Lutheran is into the tournament for the first time. And Lyle Jones is pretty excited about it. How did they get there and how does he feel about it? 
He talked to me earlier today. Now joining us on the Hoopsville Hotline, presented by Blue Frame Technology, it is Bethany Lutheran's head coach, Lyle Jones. And coach, thanks for taking the time, and congratulations. Well, thanks a lot. Uh, we just got back here last night, and uh, that victory feels pretty good, so uh, <laughs> it was nice to get into the tournament. Yeah, first time ever, as we uh, as we mentioned in the intro there, uh, which has been a theme a little bit of tonight. <laughs> There's always got to be a first time, and congratulations on doing that. It's been a long process. I remember having you on the show at, at, in previous years. Obviously, last year at 20 and 7, you seemed like you were making that step forward. Now, 22 and 5, 14 and 2 in conference, and a conference title. You got to be thrilled with the evolution of this program. We did. I know uh, Coach, uh, or excuse me, President Pfeiffer and Don Westfall, uh, I got into the program, I think it was about four years ago. You know, one of our things was to get up into that conference tournament championship, mm -hmm. vie for that, and then also try to get into the national tournament. We've been each year just getting better and better. And so, you know, this year we have our, our first senior that we had basically recruited. She's going to be graduating, but uh, just a heck of a player. Made the UMAC all-decade team. There's only five selected for that. So we're kind of we're a program moving uh, towards the top, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, you knocked off Superior twice this season. They had, I think, a 54-game conference winning streak, I think, before that first win that you guys knocked them off with, uh, what was that, back in on uh, the beginning of, of January, January 5th. Ended a three-game slide for you guys. So there was a lot going on in that game. You know, there was. We uh, we had our, one of our best players out. We lost three games without her, but we also beat Superior without her, so it was kind of a bittersweet to have her out. Uh, but you know, all even last year, our girls thought that uh, they had a great chance at uh, winning that conference championship or going to the tournament. And so this year, you know, they worked hard in the off season, and uh, we were able to get them here. I think it was in January, and then here at the end. So uh, you know, it does pay off all that hard work. Yeah, certainly. They got you back. They got you. Uh, they they thanked you very much for that uh, back in in February. Beat you seventy four sixty one. So I I suspect you guys had a lot going into this game, understanding that you know you, both teams know each other a little bit here, and this could go either way. Oh, absolutely. I mean, uh, I know Zach up at Superior and uh, great coach. And as we you know broke down uh, you know their team, he's definitely doing it with us. We saw a lot. Of, some deficiencies in in their program, and I'm sure they did in ours. And so, you know, this champion or this tournament uh, championship game came came down to defense. It was 55-54, and most of our other games are in the 80s. And so, it was a battle of uh, you know some of the strategy, and and we really just focused on defense. And then as you can see, they did too. Fascinating game too, because it was low scoring. Uh, I mean, you go back. Do your game in January, 72-60. You look at the game, you lost 74-61. This is 55-54. Was it just one of those games where both defenses really were trying to kind of dictate how that game was going to be played? You know, I think so. I mean, we shot for the game 44%, and they shot 32%. And mm -hmm. so we really focused on a couple of their key players and really trying to shut them down. And, and uh, we thought that if we uh, slowed the game down just a little bit, it would help us make better decisions on offense instead of getting all riled up and trying to squeak that pass through that needle hole and things like that. And so we we really looked at slowing it down, playing some pretty dang tough defense, and and it turned out really well for us. So what was the message at one point this season? You guys lost three in a row. You lost one early to St. Mary's, then you lost three in a row, one to to Wardolf, obviously not Division three, then St. Olaf, then Minnesota Morris. 
Then you got that win over Superior, and you've only had the loss to them since. Was there a was there kind of a message to the team? Was there a turning point in the season, a wake up call that hey, remember what we were like last year? Oh, absolutely. And I know we had Abby Olson out uh, that those games where we lost, mm-hmm. and uh, the team did really well against Superior without her. And I think that in a, in itself was kind of a wake up call to the other kids in our team that they needed to step up. And hey, we can we can be one of the better teams without her. And so I think that was a turning point. And the other turning point was as she came back uh, to get the team gelling. That was a little difficult for us too. We went through some time on we just weren't gelled even with her. And then towards the end, they came together. So it was kind of the dual-edged sword there, where you know it was, she got hurt, but yet it came out all right. Obviously, injuries are a tough part all season long, and you find other people to step up. How has the team adapted to not only the injuries, but then also finding their new homes? Because once those injuries come back, you still have to make adjustments. You know, that's, I think, one of the great things about this team is, you know, they're in it for the program. I mean, Mm -hmm. this last game here, Haley Sandine, I think she only had like nine points, and she averages a lot more than that. Her job in this game was just to make sure that we slowed it down, got the ball to the people, played great defense. And then for those subs who stepped up when Abby was out, they just reassumed their roles, which kind of tells you something about those young ladies is, uh, you know, they're about the program. And we stressed that like three years ago as we start taking this over and getting the program going. And they truly play for the program. Mm. That says a lot uh, if you're willing to make sacrifices, and they clearly have. What's been, again, 20-7 and seven last year, now 22-5. and five. This is a team that says a handful of seniors. Um, Haley Standen is one of them. Uh, actually, that's my only senior. I don't want to say yep, him. That's the only one. <laughs> that's the only one. So the good news is this powerhouse is coming back. Um, but what has Haley brought to the table, and what have these underclassmen, you have a lot of sophomores and freshmen on this team, what have they done to help kind of uh, bring Bethany Luther to where it is now? You know, I just, you know, they, a lot of those kids started when they were freshmen and now mm. they're sophomores. So I, I just think that uh, Haley set the tone for them. I mean, ever since she's gotten into our program when she was a freshman, she set the tone on how hard we're going to work, uh, the dedication and the commitment. And that really rubbed off on those uh, freshmen who are now sophomores. And, uh, you know, on paper, when you look at losing Haley, you know, she might be at a 17 points per game. But in my book, she's at least worth 30 or 40 with all the other tangibles that she brings to the table. Again, Olsen missed three games. She's your leading scorer at 18 and a half, uh, 19 points a game, essentially 6.1 rebounds. Uh, Haley, as we talked about, she's second on the team at 16 points a game, four rebounds. But she's also your top assist. She's uh, uh, quick math. It's it's several a game. Um, and you also have Hannah uh, Gristfeld at 14, almost 15 points a game, also seven rebounds a game, and you have others, double figures, rebounds. You talk about playing for the program. It seems like everybody's willing to get uh, to kind of roll up their sleeves to some degree, go get rebounds, hand out assists, go get steals. At least that's what I see from the statistical side of things. Oh, absolutely. And it's not just, it's not just that, uh, that those two, there's other statistics with uh, minutes played. Mm. I mean, we had some people that uh, some games will, we'll have to play, you know, maybe four guards instead of uh, two posts. We'll, we'll go small ball on, on people. Uh, we've had some major injuries. We had a, a probably our sixth or seventh man blow her knee out in practice. So they've been dealing with a lot of stuff throughout the year. 
And that's kind of, a, for me, that's kind of the most sweetest things about this is how they've pulled together with all the conflicts that have been kind of hitting them right and left here with Abby out and mm-hmm. uh, Emily Gustin uh, blowing her knee out. And we had another freshman blow her knee out. So it's, uh, it's been trying times, but uh, they've really pulled together. But again, you're going to the dance the first time in program history. There has got to be a lot of smiling faces and a ton of buzz on campus. Oh, there is. We haven't. I mean, we we get back to school tomorrow uh, for the first time mm-hmm. after we played, and I'm sure because uh, the campus is small. I think we have like 600 students, and they all know each other, and, and uh, there's going to be a lot of smiles and hugs and so forth on campus. But uh, the great thing about our our campus too is all the sports uh, help each other out. A coach Fletcher from the men's program who made it last year with mm-hmm. his men's team. Uh, Kate got me a text message right away and said, hey, stop in. I'll help you with all the paperwork and oh, cool. things things to look for when you hit the tournament and stuff like that. So we all support each other, and, and it's really made uh, our program better that way too. Um, again, you're probably going on the road. Uh, that's just the reality of things. I've asked this a few times of some people today. Uh, do you have a, a place you would love to go play in this opening weekend? It doesn't matter really the opponent, but just a location that you think would meet would be fun. You know, I've looked in the past of kind of where uh, the UMAC team has gone, and it's usually been right here in Minnesota mm-hmm. uh, with one of the MIAC teams. So that's yeah. kind of what we're thinking is going to happen, whether it's uh, St. Thomas. I know Wartburg is at the top, and geographically they're, they're close to um, – for us, it, I don't think it really matters. Uh, we just want to get there and and, and uh, get after it and just kind of see what happens. I, I just, it's great. It was funny because I I've been debating. Anybody understands how we do guests on this? It's a rotational process between men and women and conferences and all this stuff. And I've had you guys on this short list, and I keep going. Well, they beat you know them. Well, then they lost. Well, when do I get them in? Second, I saw you guys win. It was like, oh, this is a no-brainer. We're, we got to get we've got to get Bethany Lutheran on on one of our shows this week. So I'm glad you could make it this week really impressed congratulations to the entire program especially doing that on the road at superior which has been a very tough place to play over the years uh a tradition here we always leave the guest or the coach the final word any final thoughts you'd like to share with those who may be tuned in i i just think uh i'm kind of i'm just proud of the girls and how they've played and, the, and again how they come across all year just coming to practice each day working really hard and you know, and every team says they all want to win the conference tournament and make it to the national tournament. But uh, as we started, they really worked hard towards the goal. And uh, it's great to see them enjoy it last night uh, with the win. And uh, we're back in practice, and uh, it'll be fun to see them in the national tournament. Nothing beats having to still have to practice in late February and early March, <laughs> right? <laughs> I mean, the, after the uh, the the game, uh, they said, "Hey, when are we practicing?" So that's another good sign that uh, they're just they're just they love the game and they just want to play. That is a great sign. Congratulations again, Coach. Appreciate your time and joining us, and good luck next week. Thanks a lot. Yep, he is Lyle Jones from Bethany Lutheran, the women dancing for the first time in program history. When we come back, who else do we think might be dancing come uh, Friday in the NCAA tournament? The team. Reveal some of its mock selections. You're listening to the Hoopsville special mock selection Sunday here, presented by D3Hoops.com from the WBCA and ABC studios. Of course, all guests presented uh, here on the Blue Frame Technology Hoopsville Hotline.
being a part of the different activities and organizations that I've been a part of, I'm actually able to see myself where I'm like, hey, I actually can make a change. I'm one person that can make a difference. Division three has helped me to develop teamwork skills, critical thinking skills, time management skills. It's not just about basketball or it's not just about school. It's about developing yourself as a person altogether. Welcome to the University of Wisconsin-Eau Claire, home of Blue Gold Athletics. UW-Eau Claire has been ranked a top five regional public university for over 20 years. We graduate champions with the lowest debt and highest return on investment in the Midwest. Blue Gold Athletics is a Director's Cup Top 20 Division III program offering 22 sports with almost 700 student athletes. UW-Eau Claire is about excellence in the classroom, the field of competition, and the community. Are you the next Blue Gold? My name is Marcus Walker. I was All-State, won a state championship, a high school All-American, and played college and pro ball. I played because I love the game. I grind to be the best. I sweat because I put in work. I'm strong because I believe. When I want to bring it before game time, I come to the house that college basketball built, the CBE. No matter your skill, take it to another level. Elevate your game right here at the College Basketball Experience at Sprint Center. It's on us. It's on all of us. And it's time to act now. It's on us to start the change. It's on us to be the change. It's on us. It's on Division Three. It's on all of us to stop sexual assault. Big shots. Teamwork. This trophy is not given. It must be earned. The 2019 NCAA Division III Women's Basketball Championship, March 15th and 16th at the Krager Center in Salem. Bounces right back with a triple. Great job here. And that'll do it! Visit NCAA.com slash tickets and get your tickets today. Welcome back, everybody, as we continue to do mock selections here on this Hoopsville Selection Show. Uh, women are a little more challenging than I think we expected them to be. Uh, we're, of course, though, in the weeds. We have three more picks to go, which means you're probably wondering, well, what does that mean? Yes, we've gotten some picks done and dusted during the break. Can't remember where we left off, but I bring the gentleman in and the picks are on the board. So if you're curious what they were, where did we leave off, gentlemen? Marymount? No. Oh, uh... I think we did. So yes, that's correct. We have added, as they just hit the screen, Oglethorpe, Loris, and Geneseo. Welcome to the show. It is a blast from the past. No, mm -hmm. I'm just kidding. Um, so now we're kind of getting into the nitty-gritty where some of these resumes look really good. Some of them look really confusing. Um, and we don't know what to do with some of them. Um and we're still pretty confident with where everybody sits, I believe, um, in their regions as well. Again, we're pretty confident that Mount St. Mary's comes off the or is at the top of the Atlantic here. And 
Jeez, they're starting to play blocker here to some degree for a team like Misericordia. And then Whitewater's kind of blocking lacrosse, to be honest with you. Though that SOS is one of the reasons. Uh, we now have Suni Oyanta at the table. They're ahead of St. John Fisher. Rose Holman continues to hold on to the Great Lakes spot. <laughs> if they come off the table, we're in trouble. We don't know where we're going next. Um, E-Town's ahead of Southern Virginia at this point. Smith's kind of holding off Middlebury. Emory is holding off uh, Trinity, Texas. We should point out Emory now at the table. And Augsburg is now holding off Puget Sound, which could make things interesting for the committee if they don't have an extra Northwest Conference team, which they don't on the men's side, according to our selections, either. So there's where we stand. Again, Gordon Mann joining us. He is here. Just can't get can't get to see his lovely face, so we get to see him dressed up in a suit. And then That's the Wags. first time anyone's ever called his face lovely. Yes, it <laughs> is. true. Uh, well, it's beside his wife, I believe. All right. Um, you're right. <laughs> James. He is B.J. Spiegelmeyer, James Wagner, joining us as well. Gentlemen, appreciate it as always. Uh, where do you think you stand here? Or any, uh, Gordon, do you want to, anybody want to recap what we did with those three picks, or do we want to keep moving here? Gordon yeah. can recap, and then I have some thoughts. Yeah, okay. I, th I mean, I think we, you know, Oglethorpe overall had a pretty strong, a pretty strong record. Loris was the one we talked about where we got to round 16 and went, wait, Loris has been here since the very beginning. I can't think of an instance where a region has been entirely shut out on the women's side. I know it's happened to the Atlantic region on the men's side. Um, so yeah. we thought, wow, you know, Loris had comparable numbers to Mount St. Mary and SUNY Geneseo, but we can't see the West region. And it also tends to be the region where we miss things the mm -hmm. last couple of years that we've missed two picks each the last two years. And two of them were in the West the last two years, both mm -hmm. the Northwest conference teams. So we said, all right, we'll take Loris. Um, and that brings Augsburg to the table, who has no wins against regionally ranked opponents, 0-5. Um, and then because Loris and SUNY Geneseo's numbers are so close, there's just not a logical reason not to take the, the Knights next. So they come, and then SUNY Oneana. The Knights are replaced by the Red Dragons. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, that's how we get up with the board we have now. Thanks for that. Good recap. Um, you, BJ said you had something? I was just staring at the numbers here while you were doing the intro back, and um, Smith's four and two record against regionally ranked opponents jumped out to me. Yeah, yeah. me too. Yeah. Team. Jumped out at me too. I agree. So, so the way I look at the board right now, you have four teams with twenty or more wins, four teams with twenty or or nineteen or less wins. You have one team with a really high strength of schedule with Whitewater, and that same team has six regional wins versus six regional losses. Um, so we seem to have been doing, we've seemed to be valuing, um, 20 wins right now. We've only put two teams in with less than 20 wins. Yeah. Chicago, point. who was basically number one in their region the whole year. And, and Baldwin, Baldwin Wallace, Wallace. Yeah. who had a 571 and a, and a three and two record against region ranked opponents. Right. So I'm kind of thinking about Smith here. Um, because of that four and two record against regionally ranked opponents, I mean, they. That's. Are those four solid ones though? I mean, or, or are they bottom uh, of the barrel? So they beat they beat Babson. Um, that's a good one. They beat MIT. Okay. They beat. It's like they beat. No, oh, no. 
Hartwick. Okay. They're all middle of the road ones. And TCNJ. Yeah, kind of all middle of the road. Yeah. You know, I got I'm 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 gonna I'm walking down the rabbit's hole. You can all figure out where I'm headed. I think I know what you're you're gonna say, and I think I'm gonna agree with you. Uh, I just want to see what the number is. Let's see here. Well, I'm glad. Oh, hold on. Hang on a second. I want to double check something. Yeah, well, I'm glad we picked one team than we did because we couldn't have justified it otherwise. Um, first game of the season, Lawrence defeated Whitewater. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> yeah. Um, Illinois Wesleyan's ranked. That is a win for Whitewater. Lost to Thomas Moore. Yeah, their other and their other wins are all in conference. Lax twice, lacrosse twice, uh, Oshkosh twice. Lost to Trine. Can I throw something crazy at you? Sure. Sure. Do we want to think about moving Middlebury over Smith? <laughs> you uh, no, I'm still comfortable with that. Smith. I mean, Middlebury's got a 581, and Middlebury beat Smith. Yeah, but a lot of this data had them behind them anyway. I know. That's why I said it was crazy. I think they took the four and two versus the four and five, maybe? Well, it wasn't that last week. It would have been four and four last week. Middlebury only played one game this week. Yeah. Lost to so they took four and two. So they were well, 20 and six. What was Smith coming into the week? And Smith would have been three and two because they. Smith, I'm uh, sorry, would have been four, Smith would have been four and one because they lost to Springfield. I just called him up. So Smith was nineteen and five. Middlebury was nineteen and six. No, um, oh, Middlebury was three Remember. and four with a five sixty nine, and Smith was four and two with a five twenty three. And we're saying that Smith or Middlebury beat Smith. Yes. And for some reason, they still kept Smith ahead of him. Yes. For that reason, I still don't know if I can bring Middlebury above him now. That's fine. I was just throwing it out there. No, it's yeah. fine. I, 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 I just, yeah. I'm double-checking your Smith. I'm not doubting you. I just need to see it to, like, really believe it at this point. Yeah, 7360. Oh! What? It was I, at Smith, too. Yeah. Huh? It was at Smith, too. Yep. Because you're thinking maybe Smith's the team to get in here? Or do you think because Middlebury's got better resume? I think if Middlebury were on the board, I'd put him in right now. Yeah, I don't know. But the, if if the committee ranked him ahead of him for whatever reason, that don't matter what I think. And, and, and by the way, that same thing is why I'm nervous about Whitewater. Right. You know what I mean? Yeah. Granted, that win over Illinois Wesleyan is nice, but that's about the only thing you can look at out of conference. Well, Thank goodness Oshkosh, we Oshkosh is going to be first in the Central, right? Yeah. And they beat them two out of three games. Mm-hmm. Oh, true. I forgot about that. So that helps Whitewater? Yeah. Yeah, Oshkosh is first in Central. I don't know. I think I might. I think I might go Whitewater here. Yeah, at eighteen. Yeah, I think it's long enough. We've had him on the board long enough. I think 
Now yeah. you can't overlook that six hundred and that six and six. Yeah, and the wins are there's three. They've got they've got three really good wins, and I just like those better than I, I don't know what the other teams have for wins, but I already like them better. You know. <coughs> Hmm. I uh, where do you want to go? I like that. Whitewater. Whitewater. We're gonna mm-hmm. go. We're gonna go risky here at pick eighteen. I don't mean risky in a bad way. I just mean. No, I understand. I I think it's it's an it's an interesting pick. I, I don't disagree with it necessarily. We've gone down this road and done this and and been proven wrong. But then I think at the same time, a lot of that resume screams pick me, pick me. So I, I'm with you. So I'm fine with it if that's where we want to go. Okay. So Whitewater Inn. That 667 isn't horrible, but it is, it's wacky. So we got two more to go here. Let's do one. Well, let's just get them out of the way. We can also take another break, though the break's only going to be three minutes. We're not going to get that much done. Um, who's coming onto the table for them? Across. Lax. Welcome to the conversation. Anybody, anything jump out immediately from what we've already been talking about that makes you feel good about where we sit now or what, who should be next? Um, Is lacrosse seriously 20 and 5? Oh, yeah, they are. Huh. That's going to make things complicated. Lacrosse is 22 and 5. Okay. But no, 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 no. But two of those don't count, right? Um, Turbo and somebody else they always play with Turbo. Turbo does not count. The others, I think, do. So they may be twenty-one and five. Let me just. I'm going to take a quick peek. Unless they played somebody provincial, that would be weird. No, they didn't. Yeah, so they're twenty-one and five. Mm -hmm. I almost wonder if they had gotten ahead of Whitewater. Oops. Well, Whitewater beat them earlier this week, so probably not. Yeah. Good point. Good point. Thank you. That's a good point. 807 winning percentage. And an SOS of 531, it appears, with a 3 and 5 uh, VRO. Yeah, that's not going to make things more interesting at all. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Oh, I made it. By the way, I have not gotten. That's weird. Sorry, I didn't take Marymount off the table. I apologize to anybody who's looking at our screen wondering what in the world we've been doing. Mount St. Mary is representing the Atlantic region. Gordon really wants to get them in, right, sir? <laughs> you know it. <laughs> yeah. They have an 815 winning percentage with a 542. See, now I'm starting to wonder if... if yeah, Nobody's got a good results versus regionally ranked at all. Smith. Smith's the only one with a winning record. You, you know, we we went down that crazy conversation with Middlebury jumping Smith. Because Misericordia jumped Mount St. Mary. They also played, and Misericordia beat them. Yeah. Yeah, I think they do, actually. You know what? Yeah. I'd be fine with that. Yep, I think that's right. So we think Misericordia is actually in here over Mount St. Mary. Although it's... Numerically, it's not going to same basically thing. It's very, it's a very similar resume. In fact, their strength of schedule is a little lower. That's an yeah. 
I mean, I'm not sure. Uh, I, I don't know. That, I think the head-to-head -head would help be helpful there. Yeah, I would say so. Just updating the screen so that people have the information we're looking at. There we go. It's on there now. So we've made a change there. Mount St. <laughs> it's good. Yeah, anyway. So Mount St. Mary in place. I mean, is recording in place of Mount St. Mary. Lacrosse, the table from the central. Oyana in place in the east. Rose Holman in place in the Great Lakes. E-Town in the mid-Atlantic. Northeast is Smith. Emory's the south. And Augsburg's the west. Wags, anything jump out at you, bud? Um, Looking at the ones we have left. Uh, you know... It's almost carbon copy the whole way. Mm-hmm. I got one. I mean, I'm still, I'm still. No, this is tough. I mean, no. I mean, it, it's right now with the last, the last two. I mean, it's tough. Whoops. What's uh, jumping at you, Dave? Okay, so so let me ask this question: so Misericordia, which side is Misericordia? They're on the are they on the Commonwealth side or the Freedom side? I forget. Freedom. No, three side. Okay, so two of the losses are to you. Three of sales. Them. All three, three of them are to sales. Us. All three losses were to sales. Yeah. Okay, so I think they're twenty-two and two. They're twenty-two and five. Twenty-two and five. I'm just taking the three losses out to you. Oh. Yeah, okay. I'm taking them out. So without you, they're twenty-two and two. And hope had that. Didn't hope have the same thing? They had three losses to trying. Yes, I might go with yes. Misericordia. I might go with Misericordia here. Oh, that's outside the box. Hmm. I mean, they've so got you're leaning towards Misericordia? Yeah. I, my, I was leaning towards Emory. I was leaning towards Etown. <laughs> I was leaning towards Lacrosse. <laughs> Okay. I was going Emory because the five seventy one is yeah the five seventy one with a three and four versus regionally ranked isn't horrible yeah yeah the only one that's close is E Town and that's they have a little better SOS better regionally ranked and you know basically the same record overall so and and they trump Smith too because Smith's got a five thirty SOS. I think yeah. Emory's wins are against Chicago, Wash U, I think. so they're against pretty good teams. Yeah, Scranton. Yeah, true. E Town did oh, beat Scranton. That's a good point. Yeah. 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 So their wins were over. Looking at Emory, Guilford. Boy. Uh, Wash U, Chicago. They don't play in this league. Yeah, yeah. yeah, that's right. They're, yeah. <laughs> They're also in the skyline with Mount St. Mary. Um, that's uh, Tech. Um, Wash yeah. U, Chicago, you said? Wash U, Chicago, and, and uh, Guilford. And then their losses are Transylvania, Oglethorpe, Wash U, and Chicago. Okay. Who Smith's wins against? Hartwick. Um, oh, that's right. They're all middle to bottom, right? Yeah. CNJ. And E Town's two, or one of them's to Scranton? Mm -hmm. Yeah. One of them's to Scranton, and oh boy. the other one is. 
Hold for a second. I just had this up. Um, Marymount. Right. I still like Emery's better. I think, yeah, I go with Emery at 19. I'm in favor. BJ? Sure. Well, even if, <laughs> even if, I'm, oh, even if I'm not, even if I'm not, it's a three to one vote. So yeah. well, I was being fair. <laughs> so we got Emery in now. We're into the last pick. I don't have. Oh yeah, I've miscounted. Never mind. That's all good. So... This is it. Trinity's on the board. <laughs> <laughs> I knew know it was going to happen eventually. <laughs> I don't think Middlebury. <laughs> Yeah, but their their strength of schedule is just oh yeah. Sure Williams every year has a ridiculous strength of schedule and like a four, you know below five hundred winning percentage. Can someone double check their record for me? Trinity. Yeah. On it. Hasn't changed since last week because they didn't play. Yeah, they did. <laughs> no, they lost in the quarterfinals to Middlebury. Right. No, Trinity, so they, Texas. Oh, we're talking oh, that Trinity. Trinity. I'm sorry. Coming out of the South, Gordon. Oh right, right, right. Got it. <laughs> Well, they have a four. They have they have a sub five hundred yep. strength schedule. Oh yeah, so. twenty two and five. Mm-hmm. Thank you. They lost today to Texas Lutheran. Texas. Yes. So the way we've done this in the past is we said, okay, who do I look at and who do I knock off the list because I just can't see them taking. And I think that's the first one. I just can't yeah. see them taking a team with a sub five hundred strength of schedule. Yep. And then. I Oneana is not significantly better at 509, so I'd knock them off the list too. I'm a, I'm in agreement. Just can't see them taking a team without a regional win, the regionally ranked over regionally ranked opponents, so I'd knock Augsburg off the list. Mm-hmm. That's a tough one. But yeah. I agree. I'm not I'm not disagreeing. I'm just saying, yeah, but man, that's a good team. And now I'm left with E Town, Smith, Lacrosse, oh. Misericordia. I don't see how Rose Holman's anything trumps anybody else. Two and five. They get a little better strength schedule, but they're 19 and seven. Yeah. Well, E-Town's 19 and seven. Better SOS. Yeah. And I I don't know. Is two and three better than two and five? I'm not sure. I mean, who's Rose Holman's two wins to? E-Town's at least got one to, to Scranton. Yeah. Rose Holman's would be Transylvania and DePaul. Yeah, I mean that that's are... that's that Scranton wins pretty big. Yeah. Yeah. So I'd take E Town there. And then you got Smith at twenty and six. Four and two. They at least have yep. you know, more wins, but again, we all discussed there there's nobody really in the upper echelon in those wins. They're all kind of middle to bottom of the road. <laughs> Put in Trinity. No, I don't think we will, Justin. <laughs> <laughs> So there you go. And they got Misericordia at 22-5 and five with a 530. Yeah. I think it's hard to take them over Smith because they have 4-2. Yeah. and two, And Misericordia doesn't have – it's not like they've beaten Scranton either, right? Who's Lacrosse's three wins against? Uh, Augsburg is one of them. That's not going to help them. No. I mean, uh, it, it removes Augsburg from getting in maybe. Yeah, that's yeah, true. Yeah. Um, who else? Let's see. Whitewater. Okay. 
they didn't beat Oshkosh, so... <laughs> then I would have put them in. <laughs> I don't know. This may be another one where their third one dropped off. Yeah. I don't I see third right. here. So they would be two and five, and that's... It's not helping. Yeah. Yeah, because I'll bet you Superior. Did they yeah. beat Superior? Mm -hmm. no. <laughs> no, they didn't play Superior. Hmm. All right, so if I were to give you a quick gut shot on who you would pick, uh, Wags, of this left on the table, who's your just quick off the top of your head pick? Elizabeth Town. BJ? E Town. Gordon? Smith. Yeah, damn, mine was Smith, too. <laughs> uh, though Misericordia is my close second, just because they're at 22 wins. I mean, I had Smith as a close second. I had Smith as my second pick. Yeah, I'd have Misericordia. It's funny, I'd have Misericordia as my close second, too. So maybe it's Mr. Recordia. <laughs> All right. You know, the, it the might consensus, be. The consensus number two. <laughs> 22 and five. <laughs> they did beat um, Mount St. Mary. But they're not in. Yeah. <laughs> so so E-Town's wins. Who are E-Town's wins? Scranton and who, did I say? Marymount. Um, I don't remember. Marymount. Marymount, yeah. So their two wins are probably more impressive than Misericordia's. Yeah, they've got two two teams they beat that are in. Yeah. And then Smith had four wins, but we already established they were lower. Yeah. TC and J, Hartwick, and... By the way, some people are commenting, and, and not the person who thinks I'm talking to, there's somebody uh, named Kerry who mentioned Augsburg has three losses to St. Thomas. We had this conversation on the men's side with Whitworth, who had three losses to Whitman. I think the committee at some point looks at it and goes, okay, you took three shots at the apple and you couldn't come up with a victory there. That doesn't exactly help you. It yeah. hurts you. And their problem is they didn't come up with any anywhere else either. So right. could have beat lacrosse. You're, they're not getting in over lacrosse, who's on the table, because they've lost to them. So Right. And in, in our opinion, you know, with Whitworth, their one win, I think, was over Hopkins, which is the bottom of the uh, regional rankings. So it didn't help. So I think Augsburg actually gets hurt by not being able to get one of those victories, which is unfortunate. I get that. Um, but they didn't win anywhere else either. Um, Steve, Superior was one of those, and, and we again noticed that they came off the off the rankings after week two, so it doesn't help them in this scenario. So they're now zero and five. Um, ah, jeez. All right, if I'm going to go one two, I'm going to go E Town one, and I'm going to go Misericordia two. Those are my one two. I think I'm I'm tossing between Smith and Misericordia. I got them one A B basically. Oh man, BJ. I think I'm E Town Smith. Yeah, that win over Scranton is really hard to ignore, isn't it? Yeah, uh, that, you guys have sort of talked me into E Town, E Town Smith too, or E Town. The reason, why, the reason why I'm on E Town is because a few minutes ago I compared their resume with Baldwin Wallace, who we put in eighth, and I didn't find mm -hmm. too much difference. 
quick question. Misericordia's two wins? Um, Mount St. Mary. And I believe it was Manhattanville who has since fallen out of the rankings. Mm -hmm. Let me look quick. I know they beat Mount St. Mary, so that's definitely one of them. I really wish we had non-conference SOS. I wonder how much that would have changed our conversations. Yeah, the other one's got to be Manhattanville because they played. No yeah, it's Manhattanville. Months. It's okay. definitely Manhattanville because they split with them. Yep, that's right. And Thank they you. They beat them again this this past week. Um, so they would be so, one. So really, in, only, really, Missouri only has one regionally ranked win because Manhattanville dropped out of the rankings. They would be right. one in three. Yeah, I kind of need to lose my gung ho with this with them then. I mean, I've seen them play three times. They're a really good team, but that doesn't. Oh mean yeah. Um, oh, I think Augsburg's a good team. Yeah. Hey, listen, my battery's at two percent. I'm running upstairs to get my cord, so I'll be gone. <laughs> I'll be gone for yeah. thirty seconds. All right, go run. If he dies in the by in the time he's gone, I'm gonna laugh. He dies. He dies. He dies. He dies. Yeah. Good call. All right. Oh man! I mean, it, the last one's always tough. I'm, I'm gonna stick. I'm gonna stick my guns with E Town. You're gonna go with the SOS over the win loss. I mean, mm -hmm. it's a marginal difference in those two numbers, to be blunt. Yeah. And um, Gordon, I still would go with E Town at this point. Okay, we'll wait for BJ to come back. I have a feeling, though. I know where we're leaning here. Will the computer make it, or will it not? Come back. It's made it. All right, great. All right, sir. You don't. You didn't hear the answer, so this will be good. Um, What'd you decide? E Town or Smith? Which one would you lean towards? E Town for their wins. And E Town it is. E Town will be our last pick. And just for the record, who comes uh, in the Mid Atlantic? It would have been Southern Virginia. By the way, a heck of a season from them this year. Yeah. Yeah, Kate Garish is a beast. Yeah. 22 points, 22 rebounds, and it's it's like, well, if I took like a seven-foot player and put her in the middle of the floor, what would that look like? <laughs> I mean, she's not seven feet, but she looks it yeah. in comparison to everybody else. Um, You know, honestly, they'd be in a much better spot if they just could have gotten a couple of victories to go their yeah, way. Yeah, the, the one that killed them was the loss to Penn State Harrisburg, Agreed. who was, had like, I don't know, seven wins total or something like that. Yeah. They 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 could have been in this mix. Um, so impressive that they're even well, they're even in the conversation. To be blunt, all right, gentlemen. Uh, so we have it in our our twenty are on the screen. The last of the table, in case anybody was curious, was Misericordia, across Oyanta, Rose Holman, Southern Virginia would entered obviously right there at the last moment. Smith, Brandy, right. Texas, and Augsburg. Um, Gordon, and I'll finish with Gordon. Wags, thoughts on on this, and <laughs> you think we're going to be anywhere accurate? <laughs> I think so. I mean, you know, you always you always want to do the check afterwards when the tournament comes out again. It's you know, there's some years where you think you have it nailed, and then there's there's some rookie rest thrown in there. But I think you know the twenty that we picked. You know, the pool B obviously is easy, but you know, picking the other nineteen, the other at larges can be tricky, especially if you get to fifteen through to twenty. But well, we're going to see tomorrow what, what we came up with and how we did. BJ. Um. Yeah, I kind of agree. I mean, I the last. The last four or five were tough, so quite honestly, anybody could probably do it and get 
two right and two wrong. So we'll see how it shakes out tomorrow. True. And, and I think I was listening to the end of your men's show, and they, they said, like, there's really no wrong pick in the last three or four. It's just what you value more. So, like, you know, we said Misery's on the board, lacrosse on the board. We're talking about them a lot. Um, those two could go in, and E-Town and Emery could be left out, and it's not wrong. It's just whoever actually did make the picking uh, valued something more than we did. So, it's tough. No matter if you had 64 teams in a tournament or 96, the last two out are always going to be upset. So mm-hmm. That is a very fair point. Um, I, Gordon, thoughts? This one was harder than in prior years because of just the, the extreme things. Two things made it harder. One, you had a bunch of – you had a, a concentration of, of losses in the south region. Um which which kind of jumbled up those standings, uh, the the extreme, uh, the two extremes you had in Whitewater and and um, uh, St. Joe's, and trying to figure out when they come off the board and when does when does their extreme record not matter anymore? And then I, I really think I don't I don't usually get into like individual regional rankings because it seems like a you know how many angels on the head of a pin, but I really don't understand the Smith Middlebury thing given all the data. Um, I don't understand how Smith stays in front of Middlebury. Uh, and if they didn't, I think, you know, Middlebury is one of the, if not the last team in one of the last two teams in, and, um, I don't think it changes the picture dramatically, but, um, I think Smith blocks Middlebury and I don't really understand why. Yeah. I, I a hundred percent agree with the wag or Gordon, like we're doing this without full information. So yep. we're, we're really grasping at straws. So, um, we're definitely going to get something wrong. It's just, we just don't know. Like we moved misery and Marymount ahead of Mount St. Mary's that could be completely wrong. And yeah. they, and that could, and Mount St. Mary could still be ahead. And we're going to be, we're going to miss on that. And the same thing with the, the Northeast and St. Joe Smith Middlebury, we were unsure of the order of those three and we just kept it the same, but they could have totally flip flopped us on us. And we don't, we don't have that information. So, yeah, I wouldn't mind having more information, but it is what it is. Um, we don't have the cool computers the NCAA has, <laughs> which would be nice. That'd be easy. Gentlemen, I appreciate the time you all spent with me and spent up late. I really do. Thank you so much. Um, no problem. I look forward to touching base with you guys down the road. Uh, and you guys take care of yourselves. Thank you, sir. Thank you very Thank much. Thank you, Dave. All right, guys. That is the uh, crew. Appreciate them. I uh, was reminded that on the men's side, a couple, well, a few years back, we got every single one of the teams right. We just didn't get them in the same order, but uh, I'll take that for the win, as it were. Um, I'm actually trying to see. Let's see here. I'm gonna, while we close out the show, I'm going to try and see if I can uh, get you guys just – there we go. I'm going to try and get all the uh, – there we go. Doing multiple things at the same time, folks. Buckle your seatbelts. It can be fun sometimes. Um, so the men. So we have selected our our teams who we think is into the NCAA tournament, and uh, appreciate everybody who uh, joined us to do that. On the men's side, it was uh, again. Um, well, on the women's side, it's easier. B.J. Spiegelmeyer, James Wagner, and Gordon Mann. And, of course, on the on the men's side, it was Bob Quillman, Ryan Scott, and Mike Blaine. We really appreciated his time uh, as well to, to join us. So 
Uh, there's how we how we broke it down. I hope it made sense to you. Um, I thought it was pretty interesting to say the least. Um, and uh, we'll see if we're right tomorrow. The rankings will come out at uh, let's see, not the rankings, but the brackets. We will see the rankings too, but the brackets will come out tomorrow at um, let's see, twelve thirty p.m. Eastern for the men. It'll be two thirty uh, Eastern. PM for the women. We'll be back on the air with Hoopsville at seven o'clock Eastern to break down the brackets uh, and have some interviews with some other individuals as well as to where we stood with things. Um, it's not the easiest thing in the world. Um, it's uh, I'm I'm be interested with the brackets come out tomorrow. I I think. The men's side's so in, more in the air than it's been in the past. I've said this before. I could see us missing five teams. Of course, I said that the year we got them all right. <laughs> um, but uh, not bad. I, I think I think the uh, I think the committee's got a lot of challenges ahead of them because there's just so much there to try and figure out, and um, it's just not it's 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 not easy. Sorry, I'm noticing. Oh, our men's. I must have written something into the men's. There we go. Try and clear out. There we go. When you're doing multiple things, you lose it all. So there we go. So we've got that now in. Scrolling on your screen is who we selected for the men and women. Uh, men's bracket already out. I believe they've already bracketed as well. So that is done and dusted on their side of things. So congratulations to... Uh, um. Ryan and, and Pat, who did that, all that work, that's not easy, folks. Trust me. Uh, but they clearly did it. Um, we will have all the information you need tomorrow um, right here on the show. Uh, we'll also on d3hoops.com, so make sure you kind of stick with, with the website. Uh, we will have all your information that you need, um, including links and, and the video and all of that jazz. So make sure you... Uh, you join us there. Um, we'll again have the show at 7. And then tomorrow, uh, Thursday, we'll then have another show. And we are working towards Whip Around. Friday and Saturday of next week, we will return to the Whip Around show and bring that back to fruition, as it were. Um, I hope you find that interesting. We had a lot of fun a couple years ago when we did it. It didn't work out this year, um, or last year, I should say. But we still had fun trying. And oh, I just realized I got our... Titles in the wrong spots. We'll fix that. I'm trying to get a little creative for you on the graphics at the end of this show, uh, so that you guys can see what we did um, and see if you if, see if you even agree with us for that matter. Um, if you got any questions, please uh, fire them. We'll we'll answer a few more questions from you. If you want to fire them our way, feel free. Um, I got a little bit of more time we'll spend on the air before we got to go because I'm going to try and get ready for tomorrow's efforts. But go ahead and. Uh, there we go. Got the graphics on the screen now for you for who we think is into the tournament and who we think is out of the tournament. Our 20 picks, including 21 picks, really, on the men's and women's side. There you go. They're on the screen now. Um, I'm trying to see. I think I heard some emails coming in, so we're checking some emails. Oh, oh I wanted to get a couple things. I got some messages I wanted to get to. Um, bear with me here. I just saw I got a couple more, so I'm trying to figure out who may have messaged us, so bear with me here. There we go. Um, thank you. 
Well, they said the GNAC is no longer imbalanced. Went to a single round robin this year for both genders. Oh, that would explain it. Thank you, GNAC. I said earlier that Emmanuel had played a single, had been on balance. I forgot. They went to single games, which is interesting. Um, I got this note. A special shout out to uh, SID uh, Ken and Tim at, uh, Keenan Tim at um, Wisconsin Oshkosh. Apparently involved with a huge, terrible accident, says on Highway 41. Hours back home rest. He's apparently back home resting, um, but ended up watching the games. Let's see here. I'm. Says back home resting, but found a way to watch the last three minutes from our game from the hospital. And hats off to uh, Mr. Uh, Tim. We hope he recovers. He's a guy who's helped us out on this show quite a bit. Um, and we uh, hope they he recovers quickly. Um, yeah, I got it. I got it. I got the tweet. <laughs> um, let's see here. Um, again... We will have the bracket for the men at 12.30 Eastern, the women at 2.30 p.m. Eastern. We'll then have our bracket show at 7 o'clock. We'll hear from both committee chairs, and we will try and hear from some more coaches. Thursday, we'll then have more coaches beyond that, which always makes it more fun, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, I hope this show was was helpful. Uh, thank you, Jay, for the comments. Uh, Whip Around will be back, as we mentioned. Um, that's our plan at this point. It'll be back on Friday night. We have to figure out what the bracket's doing. So I'll throw this curveball for the 100 of you, maybe or more, that are watching. You get to brag about this. The men's committee, we'll see if they're successful, but the men's committee is thinking um, of having... Stagger the games. We'll see if they can do this. Remember last year, Yeshiva made the tournament. By the way, Yeshiva, oh, almost like they blew a tire in the last week and a half of the season and, and will miss out on the tournament this year. But they had them earlier because they had to, due to religious reasons, play earlier on Friday. It, it spurred an idea that we've always had for a while of spacing out the games. There's a chance we start some basketball games at 4 o'clock Eastern time on Friday on the men's side and pace through it. I would love to see that. Got a question. Can you foresee Emory, Virginia... Let's see. Pod with an Emory pod with Emory U, Piedmont, and Oglethorpe. No, I hope not. But it may have no choice because geography may dictate that one. But I would hope we don't see that, to be honest with you. Uh, I saw some other emails, so bear with me. I wanted to see if I can get to some of them. Um, said, where do you guess rank Mass Dartmouth as the at-large after finishing 22-5, and five, first in the LEC but losing to Eastern Connecticut State? At home in the tournament final. We see Dartmouth not making the tournament. But this says, big shout out to Jim Calhoun for nearly pulling off the upset of all upsets and taking his St. Joe's of Connecticut squad to their first tournament appearance in their first year. You're right, Kevin. That was a darn impressive um, job by them. I, we were keeping an eye on that, wondering if we were going to bookend our season with, um, with Jim Calhoun interviews. Uh, by the way, our hats off to our, and our thoughts with Greg Mason. The center head coach, some family stuff going on, and uh, we we wish him his very best. Um, Dave asked a question. It's all over the place. His question is, how did Scranton Lady win, jump ahead of Messiah, or Messiah and with Emmanuel Beach, St. Joseph, which should propel them back in the regional rankings and Elizabethtown loss, most likely drop them out? Well, we didn't think Elizabethtown would drop out. Plus other Falcon People have to remember on the regional rankings that it just because just you lose doesn't mean you dropped out. This week... 
almost everybody lost. So how do you, you can't drop everybody out, right? Um, other Falcon opponents winning their respective conference championships, St. Vincent in the pack, Christopher Newport. Will that jump the Falcons back ahead of the Royals for the number one seed in the Mid-Atlantic? I don't think so. You also mentioned a bunch of criteria that doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if a team wins a conference title. It just it doesn't have any effect uh, whatsoever. So I didn't have that same opinion for the lack of a better description. Brian says, how does the West stack up? You have teams such as Pomona, Pitzer on the men's side that have beaten Whitman in double overtime. Um, I... They can fly Whitman and Pomona Pitts or wherever the heck they want. Um, I just realized I didn't have something on the women's that we did on the men's. Um, I don't think Pomona and Whitman play each other, Brian. I think they they send those two teams. I don't think Whitman hosts the opening weekend, which is unfortunate. But I think Pomona gets shipped... Maybe into a southern pod somewhere. Maybe Whitman gets sent into the southern pod, really. And and maybe there's enough. You know what? Hold on. Hold on. I just remember that the uh, D3 guys put out their bracket. So let me look at see what they did with them. I, I, but here's the thing is they don't have to play each other. Because they're isolated, we can ship them wherever the heck they want to ship them. And so they can be gone and dusted and not worried about. Um so hold on. Let me check this out. Let me see what uh, the guys did with the mock bracket. Um, uh, here we go. So they actually have a pod at Whitman that features Pomona Pitzer actually playing Dallas and Texas Lutheran going there. I could I could buy into that. Absolutely. Uh, then another one where they have Swarthmore take home against uh, Salem State, Nichols, and Morrisville State. Interesting. Um, Christopher Newport hosting Farmingdale, New Jersey City, and Alfred. Oh, that's a really good one. Hamilton hosting Albertus Magnus, Keene State, and Penn State Barron. I feel like that one doesn't have a balance on the other side of it. But I'll I'll take their word for that one. I don't I don't love the Hamilton one, but may not have a choice. Skidmore's got um the second one they got at Skidmore. I think okay. This is because the prediction is that Amherst can't host. This is a Ryan Scott love. I don't love, I don't think Skidmore hosts, but they've got Amherst and Huss and Plattsburgh and Skidmore being that Amherst is a top seed there. Uh, then they have Oswego hosting Gwyneth Mercy, Williams, and Emerson. Rowan hosting Mitchell, MIT, and Middlebury. Yeah, yeah. Randolph-Macon hosting Baruch, Worcester, and Salisbury. Yeah, maybe. Nebraska Wesleyan hosting Eureka, St. Thomas Northwestern. Yeah, that's fair. Emory hosting Swanee, Guilford, and Maryville. Going to have no choice there, but that'll probably line up. North Central hosting Chatham, Loris, and Baldwin-Wallace. Wow, can Chatham get to North Central? That's outstanding. Yeah, cool. And then St. John's with Aurora, Wheaton, and Platteville. Okay, yeah. Augustana with Albion, Capital, and Hanover. Marietta with Rosemont, Rochester, and Arcadia. I like that. Wittenberg with Moravian, York, and DeSales. Okay, I don't love the York versus DeSales matchup. I, I, my only problem there is you have Moravian, York, and DeSales. You, you essentially have three very similar teams going to Wittenberg, but they may not have another choice. I know the guys work hard on this. It's just my gut reactions. 
And then Lake Forest hosting, because they don't believe Oshkosh can host, hosting Lake Forest and LaRoche and Center. Interesting. I don't I don't love it. I don't hate it. I don't like the spring <laughs> this the Skidmore hosting. I know why why that's in there. I don't love it, but it, the, the guys do it more than I. I don't have the time. We'll see where the women's goes. When are the regional rankings released? Drew, they will be released uh, Monday evening, Monday late afternoon, well after the brackets have been announced. Brackets will be announced first. Uh, Chris says, awesome show, Dave. Really enjoyed watching. Enjoy the next three weeks. Thank you, Chris. Appreciate that. Very, very, very much so. And I guess that's it. Should probably wrap up, folks. Sign this baby off and get going. Um, again, men's selections, 12.30 p.m. Eastern. Women's bracket, 2.30 p.m. Eastern. You will see both. You can see them on d3hoops.com. Um, oh, we got another email. I'll check it real quick before we go. Yeah, I know. I saw this one. I'm sorry, dupes. Um Question for the mock group after you've made the selection. Any chance Worcester hosts? If the committee tries to pick the 16 best, then Worcester is right at that cutoff. Um, I think the guys had Worcester hosting. I, my problem is depends on what they do with Marietta. If Marietta goes down um, far enough, then Worcester will host. I think it's a 50-50. That's even worse than 50-50. That's a tight one. I'm not positive. Um, where does Worcester travel? Well, we've seen travel all the way to the East Coast. They can easily go to Randolph-Macon. Um, look at look at the mileage and, and enjoy it, is what I've said. Um, 500 is is where you'll go. You'll, they'll you try and use and abuse all the mileage they can on those things. Um, trying to see if there's something else in here. Okay, that's all we got. So I'm going to sign off. Uh, again, d3hoops.com is where you can find all this stuff. Um, we'll be back on the air 7 o'clock tomorrow with our bracket breakdown. And, of course, Thursday night at 7 o'clock Eastern as we start to prep. Whip around then on Friday. Whip around on Saturday. Another show on Sunday. We'll catch our breath next week on Monday and figure out where we go from there. Um, Bob Quillman saying he's got his Pool C picks. I wonder if his Pool Cs are different than Mars. I bet they are. <laughs> uh, I think that's it thanks for tuning in everybody how do you like Claremont Mud scripts on the women's side uh, I think they're good Brian but they they haven't produced much in a while I, I, I'm not as gung-ho about them this year to be honest just not I want to be I just can't be I can't buy in I don't know what it is, but I, I I can't buy in. I'm just not I'm not stoked by him in any way, shape, or form. Um, I guess that's that is what it is. All right, folks, thanks for uh, tuning in. We're gonna sign off. I want so I got to go through all the lists of those who uh, helped us out here on the show. Um, really appreciate everybody. Uh, the guests, of course, John Alisi from Baruch. Sam Atkinson from Gallaudet, who's the men's basketball committee chair. Russ Phillips from Alfred. Um, Bill Curley from Emerson. Karen Harvey from Montclair, who's also the women's national committee chair. Rain Reber from Rosemont. And Lyle Jones from Bethany. I want to thank the SIDs, of course, from Baruch, Alfred, Emerson, Rosemont, and Bethany Lutheran as well for helping us get those guests at the last minute on the air on a wacky weekend for me. 
want to thank Ryan Scott, Bob Quillman, and Michael Blaine for helping us do the men's selections. Gordon Mann, BJ Spiegelmeyer, and James Wagner for doing the women's selections. We will see you tomorrow at 7 o'clock Eastern. I want to thank our partners at D3Hoops.com, the Women's Basketball Coaches Association, the National Association of Basketball Coaches. also want to thank those at um, Blue Frame Technology, the City of Salem, and the City of Fort Wayne. Don't forget, tickets are on sale for both the championship weekend at the college, Roanoke College on the women's side and at the Allen County War Memorial Coliseum in Fort Wayne for the men's side. And then also don't forget uh, to, I want to thank, or don't forget, get your hotels and all that stuff too. And I want to thank uh, Wisconsin Eau Claire and Randolph Macon for their support of our program as well. With that, we'll sign off. Thanks for tuning in, everybody. Hope you enjoyed the show. We certainly enjoyed doing it with you, and we'll see you back here tomorrow as we break it all down. If you want to talk Division Three basketball, folks, you've got to watch Hoopsville, and you got to watch the NCAA tournament. Good night, everybody.